On today's episode of Brooklyn Banter, we discuss if the Nets are on a hot streak. Specifically, we get into the big win over Philadelphia, Ben Simmons returning and being booed. Then Matt and I get into trade speculations to see what will the Nets do within the coming days. The trade deadline is only four days away. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Follow us on all socials. And now, let the banter begin. Welcome back to Brooklyn Banter. Today is Sunday, February 4th, and I'm a bit hungover, and I'm not going to lie. I went out to celebrate last night after the Nets win. Uh, The Nets took care of business in Philadelphia, uh, a 76ers team without Joel Embiid. So just off the bat, I want to say that. But the team went into Philly, took care of business. Ben Simmons came back against his old team. Uh, He got booed, but he actually played well. And Cam Thomas dominated the game, and uh, the Nets took the lead from the gate. Uh, I believe we were up 16 at half, and we didn't look back from there, and it was one of our better games of the season. So, Matt, uh, thoughts on the game last night? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Philly was also out with – uh, without Tobias Harris, so like that was big important. He's always a Nets killer, um, but yeah, I mean, it was it, w- it was good to see Ben kind of like come back from his one game injury um, and like show up in Philly. Uh, I know that's like the big talk is that he wouldn't play in Philly, even though he's been there before uh, with Brooklyn. But it was good to see him get out there. He only played 14 minutes, um, but you know, he he made an impact just like he did last week against the Jazz. He kind of just ran the show, brought the energy over there in the first half, and kind of just. Once he came in, we kind of pulled away and we never looked back. And Cam, I mean, Cam Thomas was just special in the second half. 28 of his 40 points came there. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a little bit from everyone. Lonnie Walker shot great from the field. Royce O'Neal as well um, without as many shots. But, look, we're, we're still missing Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. sat out yep, as well. We, we, with were, we were missing the Smiths last night. <laughs> yeah, so – yeah, and, and uh, you know, it was all-around performance from the team. Like, Dinwiddie, I think, has just checked out. I think he knows he's gone by Thursday, and he kind of just checked out. Um, right. He's been checked out mostly since December, minus a game or two there. There's, there's nothing Jock Vaughn can really do when Dennis Smith Jr. is out and Ben Simmons is on a minute restriction. He still has to play Dinwiddie. Like, even if it's even yeah. if he is checked out, he still got 26 minutes last night. And, and, yet, and, yet, Wofford, and yet Wofford only gets, like, like seven right. minutes, no, he, whatever it was. You know what? I'm wrong. Like, he could combat that by playing Wofford a little more. But I will say, I, I don't know if Wofford can really play 25 minutes a game with, like, a relatively high usage rate. Like, meaning he has the ball in his hands the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, like I agree with your takeaway uh, with Ben Simmons uh, before the game. My my friend was over watching with me, who's a Knicks fan, and he goes, "Oh, good for Ben Simmons. I don't think he would come back against the 76ers, like yeah. given what NBA fans think about him." Uh, but yeah, he did, and it seems like in the first half he didn't mind the boost. He came out relatively hot. Uh, I saw someone tweet this. I'm forgetting who, but it was someone in the Nets community. Uh, but they said, "I Ben Simmons is such an interesting basketball player that he could look, he could help the team." in every single way possible without ever looking at the basket. And we saw that last night, right? He came yeah. out of the game. I think he had over, you you, you bet, uh, over three and a half assists. Four and a half, um, and he had five in the first half, yeah. Right, or, right. Or right off the bat in the first quarter, so. Um, yeah, it's, a good, mean, it's a good tip for our listeners right now with Ben Simmons' minutes restriction. The over-unders are a bit out of whack, and he's already hit the first two on assists yeah. and rebounds, I believe, since he's been back. So yeah. I would look into that. But yeah, like, like you said, Cam Thomas, man. He's been amazing. Like, he really has yeah. given some hope back to this Nets community. I, it really has been on his shoulders. I know Bridges has also played great, but I don't know if we'd be winning the way we have been winning 
if Cam Thomas hasn't been playing like this. He completely carried us in the second half when Je- I, I, you know, I, I was thinking that the 76ers were going to crawl back, even without Embiid. They had Maxi still and Cam Thomas completely took over the game. And I'd say the main headline after the game is that Jock Vaughn said he wasn't sure if Cam Thomas is going to be starting when we're fully healthy. So let me hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's just coach coach talk. I mean, I hope it's just coach talk. Um, Cam Thomas is, you know, a, like a starter on this team. And I and I texted I texted you guys yesterday, and I was like, if Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas are going to play this way, I mean, the trajectory of the Nets com- completely changes. The whole complexion of the team changes because now you have that point guard, you have your you have your shooting guard that can score the ball, you have a defender, Mikel Bridges, that can be a two way guy, three and D dude. Um, and then you you just have options all over on the bench as well. And then let's not forget, I mean, Claxton, you know, he only shot the ball four times last night. He went 100% from the field, but he grabbed 15 rebounds. And obviously, Joel Embiid is not there. But Philly always has that knack of getting those big guys um, to, 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 you know, to put, to put some pressure underneath the basket, right? Like they have Mo Bamba, they have Paul Reed, like those guys get in there and they get after it and you know Claxton held his own in there and, and obviously you want to see him do it against Embiid but at the end of the day like you you it, it, yeah, what, no. what a difference what a difference from Claxton from last year like averaging like seven eight rebounds a game now he's like a, like bona fide 11 to 12 and and that's just one like level of his game that he needed to up um and and hopefully the the offensive game uh for Claxton you know, translate as well as the, you know, the more he works on it. But I mean, it's great all around. Like if you have those four core guys already on your starting lineup, like you really only need a four, you know, like a Laurie Mercannon kind of guy, like to fit in there. So. And, you know, we need a four that would be able to space the floor, right. If we, if we had been, but it is noticeable that Claxton has been one of the best defensive rebounders in the league this year. I think he had 12, he had 12 rebounds in total at the end of the first half, and he didn't just he didn't play as much in the second half, but he could have ended the game with like 20. Uh, but for me, going off of your point, it's, it, it is noticeable that Cam Thomas is a better basketball player when Ben Simmons is on the floor. 100%. And Cam Thomas is also a better basketball player when he's starting. And both Cal of those games happened well. last night. And Cam Thomas had 40 points, and the Nets won again. And this is two games, I think, in a week where Cam had 30 to 40 points with Nets wins. And, you know, that's what we need to see. That Nets fans need to see that type, those type of nights trending in the right direction. And like I said, like, you know, a lot of people on Twitter have been roasting the Nets and Sean Mark specifically for turning down all these first-round picks for Dorian Finney-Smith or Mikhail Bridges and blah, 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 because we're the 11th seed. But Nets fans know this. We're, we're not a normal 11th seed. We're better than a normal 11th seed. And we had a really crazy stretch that injuries and uh, a lot of different things coming our way, new coach, new team. And we went like two and 18, which totally de- like destroyed the season. But I wouldn't be surprised if next season, if this same exact roster came out and to start the year, they were 30 and 20, like through the first 50 games. I think, you know, I believe in this team. I, I really do. And I, I'm not saying this team's a championship contender, but I do. There, there is a world, right? Where this team is a top seven, eight seed. Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't blame Sean Marks for not wanting to throw all the, to give away all of our good players at the moment when, you know, the next 20, 30 games, we could really show signs for next season and potentially make the playoffs. Uh, We're currently 20 and 28 and we're the 11 seed, a game and a half back of Atlanta. But there's no reason that we can't be the seven or eight seed by the end of the season if we continue to play this way and Ben stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. Um, I I think I think the 
my my game plan for for the Nets going into the into the trade deadline was always you know you trade your expirings you trade Royce O'Neal you trade Dinwiddie you try to get assets for guys that are basically going to walk away um in the summer um now, now like Royce O'Neal I like but like his his age is not at the same like timeline as like the guys that we need um so like there's other guys out there that could do what Royce does obviously Royce has that like veteran presence he's been there before he's done it with the Jazz um but. I think that Royce is expendable. I mean, even, Royce even is Dorian expendable. Royce yeah, is yeah. expendable, and the reason we should get rid of him is that he seems to be valued across the league, especially with some of the best teams. Like, the Mavericks were interested. Uh, yeah. Cleveland was interested. He's friendly with a lot of superstars. And so, knowing this, you just have to trade him. There's Losing him for nothing would be a travesty. Like, it would just be... Yeah. It would yeah. be a malpractice of the general manager position. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, like when we acquired Royce O'Neal, right? Like that was a great move because you had Kyrie and KD, even though it was on the same day that KD asked out. But like, that's a, that's a guy that you put into a, uh, into a contending team that like elevates that, like th- your chances of winning the championship right now, like Royce O'Neal, even Dorian Finney-Smith, I put him in the same bucket as, as Royce, as Royce. And, uh, those are guys that you acquire right as you're about to win a championship, right? Right. And like a lot like of these- Denver did with Bruce Brown and like yeah. Jeff Green, like they brought those guys on, veteran presence, guys that can they could cut to the basket, they could hit the three, they could defend uh when you need them to defend. Um, but like right now the Nets are not there, and I think that's what makes Dorian and, and Royce and even Dinwiddie expendable. Right. And like specifically with Dorian and Royce, I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast, and there's teams like the Thunder or the, the Timberwolves that, you know, could decide, their organization could decide, we are ready this year, right? And even if they don't think Royce O'Neal would crack their top seven or eight rotation players, you need to prepare for if an injury happens, right? Or if someone who is in your top seven playoff rotation gets hurt, you need someone to plug and play in the playoffs that's been there before, that could hit three-pointers, that is a veteran, and we have that guy. So I wouldn't, you know, I would assume we can get a first-round pick for him personally, uh, it probably would be a protected one or a later, you know, it's a team like the Thunder giving us one where we have a relatively late pick. But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think a lot of teams are probably reaching out right now. And every day that goes by without a Woj bomb, I get upset because uh, we only have a few days left, Matt, to get rid of all these guys we're talking Mark, about. Mark's, of- works, Mark's works slow. He, he's he's thorough with his with his trades. But I, 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 I really anticipate after maybe even Tuesday, but like Wednesday, we don't have a game. And then we play the Cavaliers on Thursday night. So like, I anticipate something happening probably before the Mavs game or, uh, you know, Wednesday. And Matt, are we home the next two nights against the Mavs and the Warriors? Yeah, we're, we're home. We're home this whole entire week. We're home. Probably. I think we're home through like Valentine's day or like the 13th that week. Do you think, um, do you think Dorian Finney-Smith's injury has anything to do with the Nets organization telling him he's in trade talks? I mean, his, his, I mean, not his injury. His like his he hasn't been playing recently. Do you think his you know him being in trade talks has anything to do with that? I mean, it, I I don't think the Nets would do that because then like Dinwiddie wouldn't be playing. They would make up some injury for him as well. He did roll his ankle um against the Jazz. So like, and and he 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 was running at practice yesterday. So like, I think he's gonna come back um against against the Warriors. Um. But, like, I, I wouldn't put it past, like, hey, you know, we got trades lined up for you. Like, we're just waiting to make a decision. Like, how about you just sit out right now? Um, but I don't know. I don't know if, like, in professional sports they really do that unless it's, like, a James Harden situation where he's, like, quit on the team and they're, like, all right, well, you sit. Or, like, with Kyrie Irving last year, like, you sit and, like, we'll figure it out kind of. 
Um, right. and, but until then, like you're no longer part of this team. But I, I don't think that they would do that, Dorian Finney Smith. I think he's he's too important to do that to in case a trade doesn't go down. Like you still need him to stay focused on the Nets, and I don't know if that's like the, the right way of going about uh, about the tra- like the trade deadline. And the more I think about it, actually, the more I'm starting to lean towards not trading Dorian Finney-Smith, only because of certain games like last night, right? I watched the 76ers without Joel Embiid, and that's not a good basketball team. Like, I mean, they're okay. And then I think about the fact that we're playing Golden State uh, uh, tomorrow, and they're not a good basketball team. And then I see we're playing the Mavericks on Tuesday night, and they're a good basketball team, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in the first round. And the team that the, the point I'm making is all those teams have something in common. They have superstars and Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, and Joel Embiid. And if things don't go their way this season and in the playoffs, who knows if any of those guys could be available in the offseason. And there's more names to add to that list. And if we hold on to someone like Dorian Finney-Smith, that's just another trade piece we could have for someone a lot bigger than the names we're kind of looking at right now and Deontay Murray or whatever we, is available for us right now, right? Or like even Donovan Mitchell, if the Cavs lose in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised if he started leveraging them to, to leave Cleveland and, you know, he wants to go somewhere else. And we've known he wanted to go to New York. So uh, I guess I'm thinking bigger picture right now when it comes to, you know, what we could do potentially this offseason rather than what we can do now when it comes to going to get a big name. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't uh, – I don't have Dorian Finney-Smith, like, at the top of my list that needs to get traded because he's still locked in at $13 million for, like, the next two years. Well, next year he's got, one uh, like, 13, and then he's got a $15 million player option in 2025-26. So, like, like in, my, in my head, right, like, let's say we re-sign Claxton, um, like, for 2025 mil, and then we have Dorian Finney-Smith, and we also have Cam Johnson. I could see, like, a Claxton, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and three first-round picks for, like, an absolute superstar. Like that's the type of move like we can make, right? Yeah. And then the, and then that team can go about like trading those pieces we gave for even more picks and whatever. But that's a pretty good package uh, that yep. we could offer someone this offseason. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I I know I know Nets Daily reported yesterday that like he's hearing that like Nets fans should like kind of calm their uh, their expectations for the deadline. There's not going to be that big of a move. Um, but I think that's just like hearsay and like. He he is in the know, so I I I think when he says big move, it's not like we're going to land the superstar, but there are going to be moves. So I'm just hoping that like we put this team in the right position. I'm not saying blow it up. I've never been a part of the blow it up uh, brigade over there on Twitter because um, I, I like to see good winning basketball. I don't want to see. I'm sorry, like I don't want to see 18 year olds playing basketball. Like I want to see guys that go out there and play every night. Um, and you know, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, they they normally do that, and Cam Thomas now as well. So. I, I'm I'm more in the field of getting get let's get assets for the guys that are expiring and like let's move this team forward and we'll go from there. The blow it up grid on Twitter is some of the most impatient people and impatient like basketball. They, fans they've never been time. through. They've they've never they've never been through what a real blow up is. Like right. I like I had a guy arguing with me the other day that it was it was fun seeing Brook Lopez play on the twelve win team. No, it wasn't. Like yeah, you you the only reason it was fun is because. We were in, we were involved in getting the first pick, which would have been John Wall, which was one of the the biggest like names to ever come out of college when he was coming out, right? right? And and then you had the move to Brooklyn, and then like right after that season where you don't get where where you don't get John Wall, you just have Carmelo Anthony rumors until he decides to go to New York, or I'm sorry, James Dolan decides to give up his entire team for Carmelo Anthony. But then guess what? 
a day later we pull and we swing Darren Williams and then we're moving to Brooklyn. So yeah, it's fun to watch those teams because there's a goal in mind. If you blow up this team, it's like, it, it, like we're back to 2015. You had no vision of what could happen. And luckily Sean Marks came in and, and saved the day for us. But I, the, the whole notion of like, let's just wither down. We don't even have like our own picks. And I know like the whole Mikel Bridges, but Houston is not giving us the full rights to all of our picks back. It, 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 like that would be malpractice by Houston because like we're, we're tucked into a corner right now. They're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, and it's been reported too, like that they're they would give back some of our picks, but like it's not like who knows if like like you said, it's full on like we'll give you back everything you gave us, as simple as that, and we'll give you Jalen Green and Cam Whitmore and fall- a salary filler, so you know you could you could give us Mikael Bridges. Like it just seems completely unrealistic, and yeah, I completely agree. At the end of the day, it's it's good memories, and it's good to know, it's good to be a part of something like twelve and seventy once in your life to remember that you never want to be back there right it's not like oh this was fun like this was different no you don't want to be back there as a fan and i think i i I was almost going to tweet this but who wants to go through what the pistons are going through right now like who wants to go through what the wizards are going through right now i mean like these fans have no idea how long it's going to take and who knows you know as we get older if these first round draft picks are actually going to make an impact i was talking to my dad on the phone and he's like when benyama i'm sick of everyone saying his team is so i mean he's so good his team is 10 and 40 when the milwaukee bucks drafted kareem abdul jabbar he took them to the eastern conference finals <laughs> yeah. in his rookie season i know that's a bit of a stretch but you get what i'm saying as we get older and as the nba gets better these rookies are going to have less and less of an impact and that, you know, trusting the process now is a lot different than when the 76ers did it, who, by the way, still haven't made an Eastern Conference final since they started it. The only team yeah. that's clearly done it the right way is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we'll see soon if they actually, you know, utilize all their assets into a championship. So, yeah. And I mean, I mean, if Marks did it, like I would trust him to build us up. Like, I mean, look, in the 20s, he's found Dayron Sharp, Cam Thomas, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. Mason Blumman. Yeah. At 31, <laughs> at 31, he found uh, Nick Claxton, right? So, like, he, he finds these guys that can play in the later round. So, I fully trust him if we had lottery picks that he would do it. And, like, it takes a special special GM. Like, Sam Presti, like, down in Oklahoma City, is, you know, he did the whole KD, Harden, Russell, and, and now he's done doing the same thing with, like, Holmgren and the Jalen Williams guys. And, and like, obviously, he traded for, for, she, for Shea, but... I just don't get, I I don't understand. And Philly, and this is Sam Hinkie's fault for making it like an admirable thing to to tank. Um, And it's just not like, yeah, more often than not, the tanking team doesn't come out and like, look at set, look at the 76ers. They're kind of stuck. I mean, obviously they have Embiid, right? He was the MVP last year, but like the dude is like a, a walking glass. Like he breaks every time he takes a step. Um, and like obviously Tyrese was was a great pick, but that's already after their tanking process happened. Right. Like you look at the picks they had, like Joel Okafor, Jalil Okafor, uh, Nerlens Noel, like oh, both of them out of the league. Uh, Markel Fultz, like they got rid of him. Uh, ben Simmons, they got rid of him. So like oh, that whole entire process, like you've only walked out with Joel Embiid, and right. like you have. You have nothing to show for it. You haven't even gotten to the finals. So like and Joel Embiid these- can't even so I was talking to my Knicks fans last night on the couch and saying, I'm telling you guys, Jalen Brunson's better than Joel Embiid. And my Knicks fans are like, No, he's not. And I'm like, 
He might not be on for one night, but guess what? I'm going to ask you right now, who would you rather have, Jalen Brunson or Joel Embiid in a seven-game playoff series? And he paused. And I'm like, you paused? Brunson's better because you know you don't want Joel Embiid in a seven-game yeah. playoff series. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Embiid is, is a dominant, like, he's just dominant. He's one right? of the like, most dominant players I've ever seen in the history of basketball. Yeah. But like, like you're right. Like Brunson has more of an impact on himself and the team in general, um, where like Embiid doesn't. And I'm not gonna like. I don't want to like do a hot take like that. But like, like Brunson is a is a is a monster. But like he's also six one, right? Like everyone's gonna choose like the seven foot guy who could shoot a three it's or crazy, put, it on, put saw, it on the floor or whatever. But yeah, I get what you're I, saying. Like, I saw Brunson like at a at a bar at the Jersey Shore this summer, and like obviously I had to be a fanboy. Just went up to him, gave him a dap up, and I'm six three, and I'm like taller than this guy. I'm like, how the hell does this guy? Score thirty points against seven footers, but that's why he's so impressive. Let's not yeah. let's not change the subject talking about Brunson because as Nets fans know, he's gotten enough praise. But going back to your tanking point, uh, I'm I'm actually losing my train of thought a bit. But I was I was saying like, oh, the, um, I got it back right. So the the goal at the end of the season should be how do we make this team and this and right now this current team in Barkley Center and the Nets a place that stars want to go. And what we need to do is how many games are left, Matt? Like, uh, like thirty or something. We need to yep. we need to look at these last thirty games and be like, let's be over five hundred. Let's stay healthy. Let's win a lot of games where Cam Thomas and Ben Simmons and Mikael Bridges look really good. And if those all those things happen, stars are going to want to come play here because Mikael Bridges and, and Cam Thomas don't have any egos, right? And I truly do believe that if that Nets team in 2018, 2019 with D'Lo. If they weren't a good basketball team, there was a good chance that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wouldn't even have really wanted to come to Brooklyn. And I know that yeah. like people don't think that's true because Kyrie always had his mindset on Brooklyn, but that team put Brooklyn kind of on the map as a as the team that plays hard, as a good organization, as a organization that treats their players well and keeps their players happy. And if we could do that to end the season, who knows what could happen in the offseason, right? Like, we just need to start showing that. And if that entails making the play-in and then making the playoffs and, like, showing, like, even if we lose in the first round, that's a big step forward, right? Because then a superstar could say, oh, they, they made the playoffs last year. If they have me, we could be a top three seed. Um, so that's my thought process, right? And that's, like, where Sean Marks yeah. in my head should be thinking. Yeah, and, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're 20 and 28 right now. Right, we're we're a game and a half out of the tenth seed. Last year, the the tenth seed went forty and forty two. So you know, the rest of the way, you have to go twenty and fourteen. I I don't see that as an outlandish record. I think the way that the Nets team is playing, if Ben Simmons stays healthy, maybe we add a couple pieces here at the deadline. I I don't see that as a crazy ask for the Nets. Obviously, we're playing catch up, but like, can the Hawks, can the Bulls, you know, can the Magic sustain the run that they're on over these next thirty four or thirty five games or whatever is left? Um, I, I don't think so. And I think the Nets, if once they get healthy, um, are, are, are a better team. I mean, even Kevin Durant said, right. Like they're, they're better than the record are is, um, and they're, they're, they should be a playoff contending team. Uh, and if we don't go through that bad stretch, look, we're, we're probably up there in the eighth, seventh seed fighting for that. Um, cause we're not far that far off, you know, <laughs> like we, like, I don't even remember what the, what the record was. I think it was like two fourteen or two. We lost, to the, we lost to the trailblazers, man. Twice, twice. We lost to the wizards. We lost, you know, so it's like, it's like these games, like you look at our record and we're only five, five back in the loss column from like the Pacers, the heat and the magic. And everyone's talking about how great of a season that they're having. And we're right there in the thick of it. So I, I think it, it, 
if we could stay healthy, I think that we'll make a little bit of a run. I know our schedule gets a bit softer um, after this like home stretch that we have. We're facing like every best team in the West, so it, it, we we should we should see a good end to the season. I think if we keep it all together, obviously, you know my you know my opinions on Jack Vaughn. I'm hoping that like whatever happened in in January was figured out. I know I I know the players were not playing for him, and I'm I'm hoping that they all sat down and they were like, wait a second, let let's we're we're benefiting no one, kind of tanking right here, and I think it'll get better after the deadline and everybody's like, okay, I'm staying in Brooklyn or I'm no longer in Brooklyn and and let's move forward kind of, um thing. So yeah, I mean, it's good. Like I know this 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 is a big week uh for for the Nets franchise and it's gonna be interesting on Tuesday night. Um, I mean, Mondays, you know, you always have, it's always fun to have Curry. I know Wiggins rolled his ankle yesterday. Um, so that should be, um, a big loss for them. I know Moses Moody is out. I know Chris Paul is out and Gary Payton is out because they're going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So we should be able to, at, at home, we should be able to take care of that Warriors team. I mean, yeah, no, I, I think, think we're going to be favorites in that game if Ben Simmons plays. They're just coming off a yeah. loss last night where Steph Curry scored 60 points. And so that's a... Against the Hawks, which is bad for us. I would have liked for the Warriors to take that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of reeling right now. They've, they've lost five of eight. Um, so it's just, it's one of those things where like they've been riddled with injuries as well. Um, and their depth is not there. And it's uh, Kuminga for them has been phenomenal ever since he came out and said, like, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, so we should trade them like Dorian Finney-Smith for Kuminga. But I don't even think they would do that at this point. No, um, no, because I think they I think they see where the season's going and they don't they're not going to make a move like that kind of rash move like to China to try to save it. I think they're smarter over there in Golden State and they'll kind of like they've done before. Um, they, I think they own their own pick this year, so like, there's no reason for them to like even remotely go for it. They could just add another piece next year, even though this draft is not going to be the greatest draft. Um, but obviously, the, all eyes this week are on uh, Kyrie Irving's return. I know he hasn't played in a bit. Um, I know Jason Kidd said that he he's hopeful that he'll be back this um, starting Monday uh, on the road. So should, we give, also be- should we give him a tribute video? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, no, absolutely not. But but so they're also going to be coming off a of back to back. Um, so it, I'm wondering if like I know Luca's like ankles have been a little bit dicey. So I'm I'm wondering if they sit, Luke, uh, they play Luca on 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 Monday against the Sixers, and then they sit him and they have Kyrie play on on um on Tuesday. I don't know if he's going to duck that, but he might. He might. I mean, I I know I know Celtics fans would always get riled up when he didn't play for uh for the Nets uh in Boston after um after all that. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would personally say it's more likely than not that Kyrie Irving ducks the game on Tuesday. He 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 he's barely played all season. I feel as if I have him on my fantasy basketball team, and he's not been the guy I've wanted. And you know, the good part about looking at the schedule. We have Golden State and Dallas, and like that might look intimidating, but those are both winnable games, and I wouldn't be surprised if like the the you know the FanDuel point spread is less than three points for both. So yeah, I mean, we, we were we were plus one twenty last night, and we won. And so if we can take care of business the next two nights and have wins over Philly, Golden State, and Dallas, I think we'd all feel a lot better. And then hopefully a trade or two goes down, and we just feel like we're ready to go the end yeah. the, to end the season. You know. Yeah, and I mean, look, if we look back on, you know, the second game of the season, you know, Cam Thomas went off against the Dallas Mavericks. And and, and the only reason we lose that game is because we have a crazy over the head, falling out of bounds, three-point shot by Luka Doncic. If you don't remember it, go watch it. It was I, I was there live uh, when I was down in Dallas to watch that game. And 
uh, it was one of the most unbelievable things. Uh, and I, I kind of just had to throw my hands up and laugh at it because <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, but so we play them well. We, I think we match up well with them. I don't know. Um, I, I know, I know yesterday that, um, that Luca had gone to the locker room, but he came back and they had that come back. They had a uh, come from behind win, uh, last night. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him and Kyrie Irving. Um, cause Kyrie was out. Um, Derek Lively is, continues to be out as well, which is, you know, he was, he was a big, um, important piece for them early on in the season. Uh, so we'll see where they, where, the, where they go, but we match up well with those guys. And obviously we just don't have the superstar that they have in Luca. Um, but it'll be interesting. I hope the Nets fans boo, boo Kyrie more than, um, more than they've booed, uh, Harden, uh, yeah. you know, and, and you know, we, this could... we talked about KD last, uh, pod, but I hope, I hope the Nets fans boo Kyrie Irving like the 76ers fans booed Ben Simmons last night except for the Kyrie Irving boos were a lot more deserved I'd say than Ben Simmons even though I don't really want to talk about that but if I'm the Nets I'm looking at this if I'm Sean Marks and Jock Vaughn it's like we need to go out and play really hard given the point I made earlier like what if this guy wants to be in Brooklyn one day and I know that's a stretch and I'm, I probably sound a little ridiculous but that's the, that's the way we need to be thinking at least from a front office standpoint but uh, from a managing standpoint yeah we could win both of these games man and we have Cleveland on Thursday, San Antonio on Saturday. There's no reason we can't pull off a little five-game win streak. Uh, yep. There's really no reason. Uh, Cleveland's a good team. That'll probably be the hardest matchup. They've yeah, been playing really good basketball. And Dar- uh, Darius Garland and Mobley are back as well, so that'll be that would be a bit tough. And then, obviously, with the trade deadline that day, you might not even have a full roster to play with. Um, they might not have a full roster to play with, too, but I don't think I haven't heard much about the Cavaliers making any significant moves, so they might come in fully fully healthy there. But, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, uh, well, I'm excited. Uh, the Nets are actually playing good basketball as of late. We've won three out of our last four. And Matt, I know you have uh, a family gathering today, so I won't keep you any longer. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to our pod. We'll be back probably on Wednesday. And then after the trade deadline, you know, depending on when trades are, we might need to hop on for emergency pods. Uh, follow us on all socials, as always. Uh, I love you guys. Go Nets.